0: Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here. No Gavin for this episode, but I'm joined by a fantastic guest. I have Lauren Gunn of the Gunshot Podcast, also one of the best voices on Mavs Twitter, because you guessed it, we got to talk about Jalen Brunson, the contract, the details, his game, how he's going to fit with the Knicks, how the Mavs are ever going to recover from losing him. So we got lots to talk about next on Locked On Knicks.
1: You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. He starts, without a five, shooting for the rim, yes! Hucks left, he now fires it, he's good, and he's fouled!
0: He's out, and he's out! Anthony for three! All right, welcome in to Locked On Nicks. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Nicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or have made the leap to YouTube where you can see us on camera every day, uh, hopefully looking our best. Uh, But I am joined, as I said, by Lauren Gunn of the Gunshot Podcast and uh, one of the best follows on Mav's Twitter at the Lauren Gunn. And I'm, of course, Alex Wolfe. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at the thestrick.land. And uh, I, I won't hold this up any further. I will just give one small disclaimer. We did record this episode before... The news dropped uh, that the Knicks are including Alec Burks and nerland's Noel in the previously announced Kemba Walker deal to help clear up more space for Brunson. So there is a section in here where we do talk about sign and trades to the Mavs. I still don't necessarily know if that whole thing is dead yet because the Mavs might offer up to be like, "Well, we want some of that action and need some replacements for for Brunson, so let's make this into a multi-team sign and trade type deal." But Burks' name does come up. Noel's name does come up. Maybe it's still not out of the realm of possibility yet, but on the off chance that it is, just uh, listen to that as a hypothetical, I guess. At any rate, I won't hold this up any further. Let's get into it with Lauren Gunn of the Gunshot Podcast. All right. As promised, I am joined by Lauren Gunn. She's the co-host of the Gunshot Podcast, aptly named, and one of my favorite voices and many people's favorite voices is in the Mavs community on Twitter and elsewhere. Lauren, how you doing? Uh, you know what we're here yeah. to talk about. Uh, <laughs> and you know the news that just broke, like, from a million different reporters, like, 10 minutes mm-hmm. ago. How are you feeling uh, right now, uh, a couple days before free agency officially starts, but it almost feels like today it already did start because the floodgates are sort of opened on the, the Jalen Brunson front.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it definitely is, is not rainbows and butterflies over here in in Mavs Twitter land. It's it's pretty, it's frustrating because, you know, obviously Dallas had the opportunity to extend Jalen Brunson multiple times and they didn't. And I know a lot of Mavs fans are expressing frustration with that right now. And there are reasons why they didn't do that, but I don't know. It's a very complicated situation and ultimately it is a mishandled situation by the Mavericks and it looks like they're about to pay for that.
0: Yeah, so as you know, we're we're alluding to. We'll stop kind of tiptoeing around it. Uh, Jalen Brunson has been reported by basically any NBA reporter with a pulse to be uh, pointed directly at joining the Knicks at this point. Uh, Mark Stein reported it. Tim McMahon reported it. Uh, the, someone that Knicks fans would be very uh, familiar with, Ian Begley, is very strongly uh, saying that you know Brunson is most likely going to end up a Nick, and that it's going to happen fairly quickly once free agency opens on thursday evening so i guess my my first question for you i'm curious from your perspective and i know i know what my stance is and i'll 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 share it which probably the people listening to this pod already know what it is but (laughs) i'll share it to you right after i ask you this question first because i want to hear it like untainted by any of my views or whatever Mm -hmm. but what do you think led to this do you think it's just the obvious nepotism involved with Leon Rose basically being like Jalen's uncle and the fact that the Knicks just hired his dad to be an assistant under Mm -hmm. Tibbs, which is not a position that he hasn't held before, but it is the first Mm -hmm. time that he's held it, you know, a month before uh, his son became a free agent. Um, Mm -hmm. Or like, is there another reason? Like, do you think that there is maybe something to him wanting to sort of forge his own path where, you know, signing a big contract with the Mavs would mean, yes, you know, rejoining a team that just made the Western Conference finals, but also mm-hmm. basically saying, I'm OK playing second fiddle for this right. whole next contract. You know, like the, it, there's no way that you're going to supplant Luka Doncic, whereas maybe after the postseason that he had without Doncic, you know, mm-hmm. it, for the for the stretches there, maybe he's feeling a little more like he wants to forge his own path. I don't know. What, what are you thinking as far as the motivations go for him?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it definitely, you, you have to assume that the family ties uh, play a, a big role there. Um, And, and I think it ultimately does come down to, I mean, he had a great relationship with, with the Mavs uh, organization, with the players, the coaches, he was beloved here. And so um, you have to assume that it comes down to just wanting more responsibility and wanting a bigger role. And uh, obviously, yeah, the Knicks are going to offer him a very like a life-changing contract and um, but with him getting more of an opportunity and potentially getting a bigger role, maybe he sees that as, hey, that will also potentially lead into my next big contract. And that might give me a better opportunity to have even more life changing money. Whereas if I'm second fiddle to Luka Doncic and he has the usage with him is so high, maybe they just don't see me as as valuable and maybe I'm expendable. Maybe it becomes more difficult to, to earn maybe a second contract down the line. I kind of think it's, it kind of is those two things the the family ties and and the role. Um, But I, the reason I kept going back to, well, I'm, I am not convinced he will leave because of the role was because I just don't know that he is ever going to be the number one option in New York. I, that's kind of where I'm at. And I also feel like the Knicks, I mean, it's New York they're always going to go swinging for the big names. And and as much as I love Jalen Brunson, he's not Donovan Mitchell. He's not Bradley Beal. He's definitely not Dame Lillard. So the second something more appealing comes along the way, you know, what does that mean for him? And he's already, in my opinion, not the focal point. Like you got our, yeah, you got RJ and you got IQ. So I, to me, I just was like, why, you know, if the family ties are that strong, follow the family ties. I get it, but we can give you five years and, are you? do you really think you're going to be number one over RJ and whoever else comes down the line? I just don't know. And so for me, I was, I don't know, I guess a little stumped, but I, I have to hope that it primarily came down to um, the family ties because anything else to me would be poor basis for that decision.
0: Yeah, I do wonder a bit if maybe, you know, I think you bring up a good point. and And there's no indication over the last weekend change that the Knicks are super into the idea of trading Julius Randle either, which I I think a lot of Knicks fans would be eager to see what like a Jalen Brunson, you know, Quentin Grimes, or even Evan Fournier, you know, like Brunson, Fournier, RJ, Obi, and Mitchell Robinson lineup could look like or something like that. Um, And that would be more of a, a shift, you know, and that I think would give Brunson at least an opportunity to be on like equal footing with RJ, yes. you know, yes. but I think that we've seen Julius Randall fancies himself to be more of a Luka Doncic type, player. <laughs> uh, right. whether, whether he is or not. And that's the sort of usage that he wants. So there is definitely a case to be made for like, if they keep Randall, unless Randall can get, you know, a, a pretty serious attitude adjustment, like mm-hmm. how different is Brunson's role going to be from what it was in Dallas, except for. You could argue that Dallas didn't even have a player like RJ in terms of right. the perceived uh, or or the the organizational push towards him being a, a number one option going forward or something mm-hmm. like a number one option, you know, right. which is what we saw down the stretch of this season. So the fit is really interesting. And and I think it. I'm with you. I, I do think it comes mostly down to the family ties. I think that also, I mean, it, it should not be understated that like the Knicks probably – uh, jacked up his value by a good amount, by having so much interest in him because right. I, you know, I actually don't think that the reported contract and this is, this will be my next question. you like, if you want to start mm-hmm. getting ready for it, but like, I, I don't think that the perceived value of the contract, whether it ends up being like four, for 100, four hundred for for one ten, So somewhere in that, like 25 to 27 and a half million annually uh, mm-hmm. range there. I don't mm-hmm. think that's that bad. That makes him a top 50 played paid player in the NBA That makes him a top like 15 paid point guard specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's that bad. If we're being Mm -hmm. honest, like I think that's pretty fair for him. You know, he, especially if you're banking on like what he showed in the postseason is a positive trend and every single year of his career, he has gotten better. So it's, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that he'll keep getting better. And maybe in like two years, he'll plateau at a better version of himself and then ride out his prime for a number of years. But that would be a good outcome to me, I think, for that amount of money. So how do you feel, before we start talking about some of the other aspects, how do you feel about the money that mm-hmm. is being thrown around right now, The that like 25 to 27 million figure that people are talking about for Brunson uh and, you know, presumably for like four years, if I had to guess. All right, I'll be right back in with Lauren, and we'll be talking more about the fit of Jalen Brunson with the rest of his potential or maybe at this point, probable new Knicks teammates, but now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life. It is summer after all, starting with what you eat with Sakara, You can get nutrient dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body. Through the power of plants, Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfast, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful, powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. I got to try some Sakara for myself. And let me tell you that the offerings were fantastic and ready to eat is definitely true. Most things you, the most you have to do is maybe throw it in the microwave or throw it in the pan for a minute, but it's all pre-made for you. Some of it just needs to be heated and eaten. A lot of it is just like really tasty salads that you could just eat right out of the package without really needing to do anything to it. So it's a great service for people that don't really like to cook or or just want some option to not have to cook every single day. So, right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to Sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S A K A R A, dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 in the same boat as you. I do think he's earned it. I, I it sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. Um, but I mean, he's earned it. He's succeeded in a starting role, and like you said, he's gotten better each year of his career. Uh, the thing about Jalen Brunson is that he's just he's a very he's a very smart dude on and off the court. And so he knows what his limitations are. He knows he's undersized. He knows the defense, you know, isn't that great. So what does he do? He takes a lot of charges. He maximizes on other teams errors and he focuses on improving his shot efficiency, his obviously the accuracy and also um, just the overall aggression. And so him potentially taking that next step into being um, again, while I don't believe he's going to be the focal point, he is going to be the lead guard. And so him having that, being the one bring the ball up the floor, you know, if that is the case, which I assume it will be, um, you know, he will get that opportunity to be more aggressive and really show that hey, I can take even more of a step up uh, and be even more of a contributor contributor on offense. And so, um, I do think he will he will show people that he is worth that, especially playing uh, on the stage that comes with being a New York Nick. And so I I think it will be fine. It's just, you know, him being a second, second round pick playing in Dallas, where, you know, a lot of NBA fans just aren't watching the Mavericks. So it just, it sounds a little crazy. Uh, But I think, I think for Brunson, it will be good. And I do think he's going to continue to take steps forward. Um, And I'm excited to kind of see him go from, you know, this this guy that's only been in the league for for four years and, and, and start transitioning towards becoming more of a vet in the league and how he continues to just embody the leadership and how that ultimately, like how far that can take him. Because, I mean, you look at some of these undersized guys and my mind immediately goes to Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry who are offensive oriented, have a good mind for the game, a good read for the game. Uh, both were lower later draft picks um, and just have made a career for themselves. And so I think for Jalen Brunson, I mean, obviously those are really solid players and and that's a lot to also live up to, but I do think he could follow a similar path, especially in New York.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the name Fred Van Vliet has left my lips a number of times over this past (laughs) week when we've been talking about Brunson. So (laughs) I think it's an easy comp to make, right? Like, I mean, they are, they're undersized bulldog type guards that, maybe profile more as, you know, a a sh- combo guard hybrid, despite the mm-hmm. diminutive stature, but also can sort of be that lead guard, mostly for their creation potential. The one thing that I think sets them apart, though, is Van Vliet is not fantastic when he gets inside, but is a more prolific three-point shooter. Brunson, I think, is not quite there as far as being a super prolific, like, big volume three-point shooter yet, right. which maybe that's... That next that step that he be. attempts to take with the Knicks, right? Yeah. But on the inside, he's awesome. I mean, he's yes. like like 98th percentile in mm-hmm. uh, inside scoring and has been for about three straight years now uh, for a guard. So, how do you feel about that? Like, what do you think about the fit, I guess, with the Knicks? Mm-hmm. You know, as far as I've certainly had some worries about, okay, you know, the Mavs played, and Gavin brought this up the other day when we were talking mm-hmm. about him, but the Mavs played more of a not maybe not necessarily a five out system but at least a system where you could space the paint out a little bit the knicks might be bringing back Mitchell robinson who lives there uh julius randall who lives in the mid-range a lot of the time when he's Mm -hmm. at his best and and honestly he's at his very best when he's trying to get to the rim and then rj barrett who does kind of the same thing he's he's very comfortable getting inside getting to the rim Mm. do you think that that has potential to maybe stymie that one part of brunson's game and if he's then forced to take on more of a load of being a, a volume three-point shooter, mm-hmm. do you think he's properly equipped for creating and taking three-point shots? Or do you think that that's going to be something he really has to work on?
1: I definitely think it's going to he's, – he's equipped to do that. I absolutely think he can do that. Um, sometimes I think – I, I want to start with this. In this last season, especially when he stepped into that starting role full time, there are times when he would hesitate on threes, and it would just, and you would you would want to pull your hair out because he is a solid shooter. He just he's not shooting a ton of them per game, and so when he is again that lead guard in New York, I think the key for him uh, will be, and I mean his dad's going to be on the bench, so I have to imagine he's going to be like, hey, you need to shoot that ball. That's why you're. That's why we're paying you. And so, or, well, not me, but you. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, yeah. and so I, I don't think he's going to have a problem shooting, uh, getting the three point shots up because I, 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 it might, it might not be right off the bat, but I do think he will eventually kind of get that going to me. It all comes back to Julius Randall because if Julius Randall wants the ball in his hands, if he wants to create Jalen Brunson can be a catch and shoot guy, but I don't know that Julius Randall is passing the ball out of the paint a whole lot, maybe as much as one might like. And so, um, Having someone like RJ, who, yeah, very athletic, can slash, can get to the rim, that I think will be good for Brunson because JB knows how to make the right plays. He knows how to get guys in their spots because he has a good basketball mind. So even though RJ and Luka are obviously completely different players, uh, uh, JB will know how to get RJ in his spots. He'll be able to defer to RJ to let him go create and do his thing. So I don't think there will be any problem there. And then Mitchell Robinson, I mean, Dwight Powell is like – he, he cannot, he cannot stretch the floor. And so that, as far as similarities, he was kind of this role, um, like lob threat for Dallas. That was kind of his whole thing, just because Jalen and Luka can both, they will find you as soon as you hit the right spot. And they know that the defense can't get there. Mitchell Robinson is a much better version of what we wanted Dwight Powell to be. So personally, I think, I don't know how much pick and roll they're going to use with Jalen Brunson, but if you have scenarios where maybe RJ is taking a possession off or they're just going to try and get JB in the paint or make the defense choose between contesting Jalen on the drive and and falling back on Mitchell Robinson. If you have those two going in the paint, I mean, th- that will work and Jalen will find him time after time because he has no problem sharing the ball. So um, I do think and then and then you've got the rest of the group. You've got Quinton. You've got Obi, who also can fly through the air. I think it will be just fine. I do think it comes back to Julius Randle. And I don't think it will be a problem because Jalen is a pro of all pros. But I think in the short term, if he's still there this season, there could be times when you know the possessions might not be efficient or effective if Julius is taking the ball out of – which might sound crazy. I don't want it to be like, oh, he can't take the ball out of Brunson's hands. But I just think it could affect the offense and and maybe not the best way.
0: All right, I'll be right back in to finish up with Lauren Gunn. If you want to take a little joy in the Mavericks' suffering in losing Jalen Brunson, we're going to talk some about how the Mavs can potentially recover from all this, how they're going to absorb losing their second-best player off their Western Conference Finals team. But i got to let you guys know real quick about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs. Well, not anymore. And Major League Baseball. Yes, that's still going on. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. And let me tell you, I take a look at the odds to win the 2022 National League all the time, and the Mets currently are sitting at number two at a plus 375. Uh, I would make that bet because why not? Let's go Mets. Of course, you gotta you gotta root for the Mets. Uh, well, unless you root for the Yankees. But they're only plus 210, so you can't make as much money there. So place a bet on the Mets. Root for the Mets. Pick the right team. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, I you know, I, I think he'll be all right, too. And, yep. you know, I think that ultimately my biggest worry more so than the personnel is kind mm-hmm. of Tibbs. At this yeah. point, um, I wonder how much Tibbs is going to set him up to succeed. Mm-hmm. In many ways, I think we've seen that he's a little uncreative in how he looks at certain players. That said, I mean he does absolutely adore guards that can get downhill and get into the paint. That's like literally yep. his number one, most liked skill. I think of yep. any skill on any, any type of player, any position. I think his favorite skill is a guard that can get into the paint, regardless of the outcome, and right. like that's been shown ad nauseum for the Knicks, like with the amount that he had uh, Alfred Payton start who could get into the paint and then just do nothing with it. Um, Or Alec Burks, who was also, you know, not a point guard, but was really good at getting into the paint and then shooting 30% there. Um, Or, you know, sometimes (laughs) kicking it out to somebody just was not pretty. So uh, there's a part of me that actually thinks, you know, unlike a guy like Evan Fournier, for example, that the Knicks signed, Last Mm -hmm. year is their big, you know, marquee free agent Depending on how you feel like Kemba was, you know, in in terms of that. But, you know, Evan was their big money man last year. Uh, You know, they signed him and then Tibbs essentially tried to turn him into Reggie Bullock, which did not fit his skill set because he could put the ball on the floor a bit. He could be more creative, but Tibbs essentially Mm -hmm. just wanted to stand outside the three-point line and shoot. Uh, With Brunson, I think actually he's slotting into a role where it's like, okay, this is like the player that Tibbs, uh, that Tibbs has been craving for, and now he can finally get him. Um, right. So hopefully he looks at Brunson in that way and sets him up with the amount of inside looks that he was giving to say that the the like good version of that was like Derrick Rose uh, right. in 2021, right. who was able to convert on some of those looks and also was really great at kicking out to, to the perimeter, but also was not useless as like a, a spot-up three-point shooter and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, uh, I'm hoping that that's, that's like the destiny for Brunson going forward. Um, I So, this is something that, uh, well, actually, you know what? First off, before we get, I am going to get into sign and trades in a second because mm-hmm. I saw you tweeting about them earlier. I think it's an <laughs> intriguing possibility because the Knicks technically don't have enough room to pull this off yet, though I assume they have right. like eight, eight different fields. contingents.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right right. Um,
0: yeah. I'm curious, how much money do you think? Brunson made himself this postseason and also how confident are you that he is going to become more like the player that we saw in the postseason like he he averaged just the quick counting stats averages 21 and a half points four and a half boards almost four assists per game 47 35 80 uh, shooting splits and in that Utah series I mean he was I think the best player on the floor for mm-hmm. a number of I mean, and, you yeah. know, I, I know that you said, like, and I agree. I don't think that long term he's going to be, like, a number one option on mm-hmm. a super great team or anything. But he's definitely shown the ability to carry an offense for for stretches at a time when definitely. he really gets cooking. So, uh, you know, had those 41 and 31-point games, had another 30-point game later in the playoffs. Like, I thought he had – he probably, in my estimation, made himself, like, $30 million, if not yeah, more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But,
0: what, what do you think he he managed to do for himself during this postseason
1: yeah I mean I think he going into the postseason I think a lot of people were looking at especially Maz people that were that were really focused on the situation were kind of looking at uh, between between 22 and 25 they were kind of like that's where I think a lot of people were like all right we're good with that we'll just see what happens and then kind of as playoffs go on you don't have Luca that first uh, those first two games against the jazz and you kind of are hitting the panic button um and then all of a sudden Jalen Brunson just you know turns it on and is essentially like carrying us and then Luca comes back and they close out the series and then you know things keep going and before they know it they're in the Western Conference Finals and just knocked out the Suns uh so with Jalen Brunson being the number two in that entire playoff run I yeah I'm with you I think he went from low 20s to high 20s and over the course of four years (laughs) that'll get you between 20 and 30 million dollars so I think uh, I think for him, you know, it was it was a big it was a big I mean because I, also I mean you got to go back against the Clippers he struggled against the Clippers in 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 uh, past years and so in those postseason series it was kind of like we really need Jalen Brunson and he's just. He's not performing very well against this defensive versatility in this size, and so going into the Phoenix series, that was a big question for a lot of Mass fans. Uh, it was a question for me, uh, and then he went in and was very much a part of that series, and you know they were uh, they were able to get it done. But uh, I think for him having showing that he can go up and because Utah, I, I think a lot of people were kind of like, oh, I don't even know what's going on in Utah, but to see him go up against a prepared, equipped deep, versatile uh, team in the Phoenix Suns and and be a big part of, of Dallas coming out on top, uh, I think that kind of took away a lot of doubt that that might have been cast on him as far as being able to go up against long, versatile defenders. And so, yeah, I definitely think he made some money there.
0: All right. Well, now we'll get to the fun part, the <laughs> uh, sign-and-trade scenarios. So mm-hmm. as I was just mentioning, I have no doubt the Knicks have probably – eight contingency plans lined up that they can't type technic- or that they- it's not that they can't, they probably just don't want to do them until right before free agency because they want to leave the door open for the Mavs to say, okay, to assign and trade, right. um, which would probably cost them less to move off of guys and, and all that stuff. But you can't technically consummate that until after free agency starts because obviously, you know, tampering, whatever. Right. Um, so I'm kind of curious what you think a, decent pat like what do you think i'll just ask this what do you think is the <laughs> the absolute most that could be shaken off of the Knicks' tree here in exchange for jalen brunson i saw you treat tweeted out a, a pretty interesting trade earlier where essentially oh, right. the brunson sign and trade would be used as a means to get brogdon to dallas and i actually i didn't hate that like so do you yeah. think that that's what dallas will try to pursue or do you think that you know like, do you think maybe there's gonna be a little spite between the two franchises <laughs> because of recent um, trades and stuff in recent years? Like, how are you feeling on in on that? Yeah.
1: Road? I mean, I definitely think there might be a little, a little spite there and 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 for the the Knicks fans that are laughing, thinking that the Mavs are going to somehow net this disaster of a situation that I think that the net or the Mavs are gonna net Malcolm Brogdon out of this disaster of a situation. It's not necessarily that um, personally, I think between the Mavs and the trade, uh, and the Knicks, if a sign and trade takes place, I think the absolute most they can get is Alec Burks and Nerland's Noel. I think that that's the absolute most that they can get. I think most likely in the event a sign and trade happens, and I'm not fully convinced that it will, uh, I think it will most likely be one of those two. And so, uh, I think there are a lot of teams that could use a guy like Nerland's Noel, and there are a lot of teams that could use a guy like Alec Burks, which is why. I'm not convinced that a sign and trade is even a for sure thing. So um, as far as the Malcolm Brogdon of it all goes, that's really kind of a last ditch effort trying to save face on this, again, horribly fumbled situation by the Dallas front office, because, uh, you know, he's a guy that has has struggled to stay healthy and is in a bad situation and everyone knows is available. So for Dallas, if you want to try and fill the Jalen Brunson sized hole, that's about to be there. You know, you got to do something. You got to get busy, and you're not getting DeJounte Murray. You're not getting any of these, you know, top tier guards that are out there right now. So, Malcolm Brogdon, I think, is kind of the obvious answer. But I think we all know that sometimes the most obvious answers are the ones that never happen.
0: Yeah. I kind of question, like, even if the Mavs would be willing to go all in on a DeJounte Murray anyway, I kind of question right. that fit with Luca to begin with. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, unlike a Brunson, he doesn't offer that on and off ball versatility that you would need next to a Luca who's going to have the ball in his hands, like 80% of possessions, (laughs) you know?
1: Right.
0: Um, I am kind of curious your thoughts. Like I figure we could just end on a little uh, on some like Mavs talk. Actually, sure. Mm -hmm. I'm curious where you think this move leaves them. Let's say that they're not, let's say they don't end up doing the sign trade with the Knicks that Cuban is feeling or, you know, whoever is feeling spiteful. You know, maybe it's mm-hmm. Nico. I don't know why Nico would be mad at the Knicks, but whatever. <laughs> right. um, you know, maybe someone in the organization is feeling spiteful and says, no, screw you guys. We, we, you know, we don't want Alec Burks or Roland Snowell or both right. of them. Like, right. you guys can, you know, unload your second round picks or whatever to get rid of them to some other team. Mm-hmm. Um, if that comes to pass and the Knicks then just say, okay, fine, we'll just sign him, and they do that, mm-hmm. and the Mavs get kind of just left empty-handed, Yep. What do you think their routes are here? Because from what I understand, they're basically at the tax mark already, mm-hmm. um, and or above it because Luca's extension is kicking in. Right. Um, they're they're going to have about six million dollars to spend, and like that's pretty much it. I mean, where do you where yep. do you think that they go from here if that scenario plays out and a sign and trade gets taken off the table, and so there's no opportunity to like you know, use the, use some of the players from the Knicks to sort of revamp right. the team a little bit, or even create like a three-way deal where they get someone uh, attracted to them in that way.
1: Right. So, I mean, it's definitely, it's a little bleak. It's, I mean, we still have Luca. So obviously Maz fans are, are not so like, oh, you know, we're, we're just, we're done. Um, but it is, there is, there are some, some paths. So assuming Brunson is gone, we get nothing in return. Right now, it looks like the starting lineup will be Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Christian Wood. And getting Christian Wood a 20-point-per-game score, that certainly helps the fact that you've just lost a 20-point-per-game score in Jalen Brunson. And so inserting Tim Hardaway Jr. at that two-spot instead of Jalen also helps you with the points production that you're losing from Jalen Brunson. But then again you're less playmaking. You don't necessarily have that secondary ball handler in the starting lineup, which kind of puts them back in a position of where they've been in the past, which then kind of brings you to, okay, where, where does Spencer Dinwiddie fit into all of it? Uh, and personally, I'm cool with Dinwiddie coming off the bench for now, because for Tim, his value is zero right now. And him getting back in that starting lineup, I think for the Mavs to have potential options down the line, because his contract is declining, and I think it's team-friendly. Uh, I think it will be good for Tim to be back in the starting lineup, surrounding Luca with shooters. The defense will be – I mean, Christian Wood over Dwight Powell in the starting lineup is an upgrade. Uh, so I think the Mavs will be okay. And it does look like, I don't know if it's, you know, it's not inked yet, so it hasn't happened. But if they do get Goran Drogic, I mean, that's another solid uh, vet playmaker off the bench. I don't know how many games he's going to play. I don't know how many minutes he's going to play. Uh, But between having Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, potentially Drogic um, you got J you just drafted Jaden Hardy and then Frank Nilekina who again a guy that gives you impactful minutes and he's going to get more minutes with Jalen Brunson not being there and so and with Drogic potentially being I mean I hate to say it but like injured a, a fair bit and so or, or unavailable I should say unavailable so I'm excited I guess to see Frank and to see Jaden Hardy because I think Hardy's a fun young player that is a scorer and so when you have young guys that can score um there's always room for that on a team. And so for Dallas, I don't know that. I mean, obviously there's a, there's a hole in the starting lineup from a playmaking perspective, but as far as points go, I don't know that there's necessarily going to be a huge step back. And so for the Mavs, the biggest struggle right now is, you know, what's the next move as far as additions, because you were about to have that exact situation plus Jalen Brunson, and you don't have that anymore. So in that regard, it is bleak, but you also have to identify potential moves down the line to try and put all your chips in. And right now, that move is not easily identifiable for them, in my opinion. Um, I'm sure they have situations that they're monitoring, but right now, their pick next year goes to the Knicks, and you can't trade 2024 because of the Stepian rule. So you kind of are at a, you got to kind of get a wait right now. You got to wait for Tim Hardaway's Jr., Tim Hardaway Jr.'s value to get back up. You gotta wait for the pick to go to the Knicks. And so you can trade your picks moving forward. And then maybe at that point, something will arise for them to push all their chips in. Maybe Jaden Hardy will show that he's, you know, a young player that's got some some upside. Um, and we'll just see what happens. But I still think Dallas has, you know, a solid defensive team. I think they're going to be all right, uh, but it's definitely some a big a big hurdle that they kind of have to overcome moving forward because he was going to be a very high asset, high value asset for the maps, and now they just don't have it. So it's tough, but I think they'll be all right.
0: Yeah, I you know you mentioned the needing to be ready to push all the chips in, and it it, it is kind of an intriguing roster to look at in the sense of like I think that they have a pretty high floor, but. Mm-hmm. I question how much ammunition they have to get better because I you know, I, I think that there's not it, like, I think they really are probably hoping that Hardy pops.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know. And, and, and something else that I forgot to mention is the MLE. So you mentioned they do have mm-hmm. the MLE and it's only a $6.3 million MLE. Um, so they're going to use it. They have to use it, but I don't know what that looks like. There's obviously been the reported interest with uh, Gary Payton the second, but you know what I, that doesn't necessarily mean anything and so i assume they'll use it i would like to see them add a wing um and i think they're definitely hoping that they've you know struck gold with jaden hardy and some people think that they have uh as far as it being a value pick but you just can't bank on that you know that that's not a strategy you got to give him opportunity to show what he can do and and fortunately because i i mean i love playing young guys and seeing what they can do i think it's exciting because you're losing Jalen Brunson, you kind of have to do that for a multitude of reasons. Um, So I I am excited for him. Uh, But right now, as far as potentially, I mean, I'm with you, as far as like a flashy roster, it's not that. It hasn't really been that. So if you're going to try and go push all your chips in, what are you going to offer someone? You know what I mean? It's you're going to get outbid because you don't have the young flashy player. Uh, So it's, they've got a lot of hurdles to overcome, but I think a lot of people right now are counting their blessings that Nico was able to pull off the Christian Wood trade because if that hadn't gone through and Dallas is sitting here looking at this team without Jalen Brunson, that's a big, big problem. So uh, I tweet, I tweeted also tweeted out earlier today that Nico has done multiple things to prove that he is being aggressive in terms of putting this team, working towards putting this team in a position to get a title. Moving off, of course, Angus was a big one. The t- Christian Wood trade um, – I think he's going to try and be aggressive to correct this as much as he can. Sometimes you can't just will things to happen, but I can't imagine Dallas is over there sitting on their hands.
0: Yeah, and there's certainly reports that the Knicks are not going to be sitting on their hands either, (laughs) even after getting Jalen Brunson. So there might be a lot of movement going on for both these teams. Certainly the one player, though, is presenting quite the crossroads for both teams. I'm sure there's going to be lots more to talk about after free agency dust settles and everything else but lauren i think this is a good point to wrap up on for now do you want to remind everybody where to find you on twitter uh where to find your work and all that good stuff before we get going
1: yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Lauren Gunn with two N's. I co-host the Gunshot podcast with my brother, Grant Gunn. We try to do our best to talk about every NBA team, every major storyline, uh, and even cover the teams that don't get a whole lot of NBA coverage. Uh, so, yeah, come check us out there. We're always looking to connect with fans from other teams.
0: All right. Well, that has been it for this episode of Locked on Knicks. Uh, sounds like we're going to have a busy couple days ahead of us. Uh, for the Knicks and the Mavs. So buckle (laughs) up, everybody. But for now, thank you all for listening. We will be back with more great episodes this week. Uh, We have uh, at least two more that I know of, and we're going to have a free agency reaction and all kinds of good stuff. So keep your ears peeled, your eyes peeled. If you're checking us out on YouTube, leave us some good reviews, leave us some thumbs up, comment on our YouTube videos. It's, It's certainly a place to be there. Lots of discussions happening. So Lots of great stuff. Uh, But until next time, thank you all for listening. Talk to you all soon. Peace out.